Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast with Neil and Paddy again. We're back to you with a review of the Jekyll and Hyde performance, I think it's fair to say. How Halloween horror show in the first half, and then the second half was, I suppose, more like we've been accustomed to for Aston Villa uh, for, for the start of this season. But apt enough, as I say, that it was a kind of a Jekyll and Hyde show, I think, in, in this game, uh, considering the time of the season that we're in at the moment. But... Uh, uh, before we get on to the game, Sir Patrick, how are you keeping today? Not too bad. I've recovered. I was a bit disappointed yeah. yesterday now, I have to say, but uh proverbial game of two halves, I think we witnessed. Um don't think there's too much grounds to be disappointed. So I think there's a lot they can work on for next week, but I'm sure we'll go over it now in the next while. But uh yeah, I'm kind of over it today. Yeah. I think uh I've seen some ridiculous comments about prefer if it was 4-0 and be able to rant and rave. That shouldn't be the way it is. You know, we're here to support the team and get behind them. And I think second half performance gives us a bit of hope that there's a bit of fight in this team and a a bit of want to get back into games. And I think if the game had gone on another three or four minutes, we might have gone on and got a point out of it. Maybe. We we did have Southampton on the ropes um, and we will get on to the game. Um, but uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I think I empathise with a lot of fans that were very frustrated with that game, with the game yesterday. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I was as frustrated as many as many of the fans. Uh, I think that. I think more so this is the backlash from the Leeds game more so than Southampton being four 0 up at one stage. Uh, yeah. the, 
the the way that we played against Southampton, I in the first half, I could make a a strong argument looking back on the game for a second time that Southampton like and the statistics back all this up that Southampton were clinically with their with their 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 shots, they got their shots away in target and 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 they own certain positions in within the field. They own the positions they wanted to within the field. And for me, in the in the heat of the moment, watching the game, I was disappointed. When I watched it back a second time, I I, I could see why Dean Smith uh, came out and it, it, it came out today that he he went into the dressing room and he kind of calmed the players down, reminded them of what their tactic was, reminded them of you know of of the way that that, that he wants Aston Villa to play the game, and uh, and you could see the way they came out in the second half that they were. Look, they were they were behind three 0 and then soon to be behind four 0 and I can, I suppose I don't know whether I was influenced by reading that today and then watching back the 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 game again afterwards, but I could see I could see the stati- or the, the tactical differences in the second half and I could see the tactical differences quite blatantly when I watched it back for a second a second time. So, in all, all in all, I'm not as the the fucking sky is falling down. You know, I'm not chicken licking here. I I don't think that the sky's falling down after two bad halves of football. They just coincided to be one half after another in two separate games. Mm. Um, and we we might as well start off with the with, with the, the the first half of this game. And look, we did play poorly, or we were outgunned. I think in the first half of this game, and we were kind of out. Out strategized, but I don't think we're out strategized from the line. If if that makes sense, I think our players got sucked into a game that they didn't want to be in. Uh, just like kind of Leeds, I also think our players got sucked into a game they didn't want to be in against Leeds, and, and this just carried over. the The goal that was ruled out, Petty. I can't yeah. even I can't even remember what that goal was 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 like. Uh, so I'm literally <laughs> going to throw this one to you because. I yeah. remember it came off somebody and then it might have hit Jay Adams and then it was brought back as Jay Adams' uh, wrist was offside or something. Yeah, I'm not even sure it did hit Jay Adams. They would, okay. they, all they were worried about was whether he was offside or not. Yeah. It looked like either Konza hit it straight in or he hit it off Adams and in. Um, to me, you know, VAR is there for a reason. And if that was ruled out with the other end, I'd be majorly pissed off. And I don't think they should be ruling out goals for being, you know, millimetres offside. If it takes that amount of time to come to a decision, it's not a clear and obvious error. So just give the goal. It's, especially like, for a corner, that, I don't think. Because for a corner like that, you could be jostling with a player and the player just moves one way. And, and it's like, it's, it's a fraction of his body would move. Mm-hmm. And... and mm. In, in, when you're in close proximity yeah. with somebody there, you can't really judge whether your arm is onside or offside. Um, it's reminiscent. Like yeah. It, it goes back to the, remember we conceded the penalty against Leicester when it hit Tyrone Ming's shoulder. Yeah. So if you can't play the ball with your shoulder, why is your shoulder offside? You know, it, it's just, the law is an ass. It's, it's just not making any sense, but, you know, anyway, we, we had enough of them against us last year <laughs> to last a lifetime. Yeah. So, you know, it's easy to say we're due a bit of luck. It, it shouldn't be about luck. It should be, you know, fairly set in stone. But some some clubs get away with it, some some don't. And that's not how it should be. 
but for I, me, I, I think it, less it, and less clubs are getting away with it now. I think it's a case of if there's any reason to give an offside, we're seeing offsides given in the majority of cases. I think now, obviously, you will have the high profile gaff, but. I, I, and I don't know whether that's right either. We've sat here and we've given out about Far being a prick for long enough, mm. but but and, and I don't know whether it's yeah, I don't know what's happening, whether it's the 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 changing of the hour that's gone back for daylight savings hour that's changed my mindset or something. But I'm kind of here <laughs> going and and and, and I, I, I'm empathizing with Var, and I never thought I'd do this 12 months ago when we first started doing this podcast, but uh. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Oh, there's still, still a lot of flaws there, you know, and you yeah. know, we saw it in the Spurs game yesterday. It just just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's a number of occasions over the weekend when you're just shaking your head. And, you know, they do say that it evens itself out. I do believe that the go- first goal that he actually did score shouldn't have counted. Number yeah, one, they, there was a foul throw. <laughs> Number two, it was never a free kick. No. And, uh, you know, so that's two, two reasons why... They shouldn't have uh, scored, and the third reason, third reason, of course, being you don't leave a big burly six foot four centre half on five foot seven or eight John McGinn, and he's, I'm sure we'll get onto zonal marking later. But that, I'm, not gonna come down as, I'm not going to come down as bad in the zonal marking. I think that's very neat. I, I think it's knee jerk from a lot of people because it was mentioned. It, it was clear cut that it was zonal marking. As I say, we will get on that. But I don't know. Maybe somebody should have listened to our preview podcast because. Um, Little old Neil happened to mention that he was scared shitless of that big Andre the Giant uh, getting his head on something uh, from from a corner or from a set piece. And in fairness to him, he knows how to direct the header because that was a good header. That was like, I know he was, was, great was on header, John great McGinn, but yeah. I, I think he would have got I up did, to, In I, fairness, he, probably, he might have even scored it if he was up against a flat-footed Conza yeah. or Mings either. Yeah. But... Uh, was That's it, it was a massive, point. like, and and I know that sometimes I might come across as as uh, I'm not going to say being down on our centre halves because I'm certainly not. I just like to see like that basic stuff for me. No matter whether your 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 manager tells you marks only, you do match up height for height. You can still marks only and match up height for height. You don't leave him mm-hmm. there where he. You don't leave him I at, think almost near the back post, like. I think in the past, it hasn't been a huge um, issue for us because, no. you know, the whole idea of zone and marking is, yes, you're marking space, but you know that you've got that job to do if the ball lands in that space that you've got to go and try and clear it. And we've managed zone and marking quite well since Dean Smith has come in. We've had, like, if you remember back, Tammy was a great man for being in the box, picking up that spare space and heading balls clear. Mm. Watkins did it a couple of times throughout the season. And you know, you're you're when you zone the mark, you're bound to get cut out at some stage, um, and it will be scrutinised. But it wasn't even not, we didn't even talk about zone mark. I don't remember ever talking to you about zone marking no. because it has been run quite well. So it was just a lapse in error. Maybe they were still complaining that that target's foul wasn't a foul, and you know, I think that might have been contributed to to you know the. Disorganization, we'll call it for that brief moment in, in in the penalty box. But there's no way that um, it should have been John McGinn that was left in that position. But it was, is done, and they'll probably learn from it. I'd say. And it's no secret that like like it's you don't need a your UFA a license or anything like that to know that the, the main component like there if you are zonal marking there has to be two three people screaming and shouting all the time 
There has to be one person back near the back post that's that's got his eyes on something back there. You've got your goalkeeper marshal in the middle, and then you're going to have somebody near the front or or somebody within the middle that's calling the shots. You you, you know you can't have anybody who who has their head in a swivel looking around there. So uh, it's but look, it, it's it's just one of those things. John McGinn got got caught in him. We could say that uh, I can't remember. Can't I, I can remember the goal, but I can't remember if if Vestergaard started towards the middle of the um towards the middle of uh, of the goals and 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 back back yeah, or, I think or he kind of Arctus run in from memory serves me correct. Arctus Arctus like run to the to the back post and. Yeah, no. and, and and like sometimes, like if he did do that, and, and if that was the case, well then fair play to him. That was a training ground, mm. training ground move. And, they, and you know, they, you look out for these the, things. I I, I always took free kicks and corners, and you look you look out for the mismatch. Yeah. So if you if you see a guy that's you know, <laughs> you can see that there there is a mismatch in the air. You're going to go for it. You're you're going to whip a free kick into that zone. You're going to put a corner into that zone. So you know it is one of the things that is set piece. Yeah. I'm not calling myself a set piece expert, but you know, if, if someone has the ability to put a ball, you know, save for the likes of Connor or or Prowse, these guys would be looking for that kind of thing. So, you know, it's it, it it's a mistake. It'll it I've no doubt they'll learn from it, and yeah. I can't yeah. I can't see us making that mistake again. It, it looked awful. I look, it's it's one of those things that it, it looked absolutely awful. I don't think it was done by design, and I think it's very easy to jump up and down, flap your arms, and say zone marking is crap. But it's it, it it's just it's one of those things that um, when Southampton have a six foot seven uh, Goliath. They're going to try and get him a mismatches, and they're going to look for him. And and, and mm. that I think I think there's an awful lot of that as well in football. I think this absolutism of, um, like like Liverpool were poor against Villa. That's what the narrative was. Liverpool were poor against Villa, and we both know that wasn't the case. The Villa were very good against Liverpool, and you know it's it's a case of well that couldn't happen because Liverpool would never be getting beaten seven two by Villa. Just like in this corner, if you were to if you were to micro, uh, I suppose shrink it down, this corner was a case of that could never happen. That John McGinn was on this guy, and 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 we look at it through our glasses of saying, Jesus, Villa were awful there because you know that should never happen. Essentially, it could be a case of Southampton fans are saying, wasn't that a stroke of genius from Vestergaard to find McGinn and for uh, War yeah. Prowse? Who is brilliant, and we will get on to his brilliance again in a moment to find the head of Vestergaard. Um, so I suppose there are two sides to every kind, and uh, and and that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm not as annoyed about well, I'm annoyed about the goal, don't get me wrong, but when you look back at it a second time, you're kind of going, fuck it, they just had our number for 30 minutes and what they did, and, and there was an element of a look and an awful a look of an awful lot of things they did too, as we say, that foul throw and, and, and the free kick. And then we get on to our and the free the free that probably wasn't a free, should I say. And we get on to their second goal, which was you know, you were talking about yourself being uh, the second coming of uh of Roberto Carlos there a minute ago, and I know you don't like people saying that, Paddy, but uh, but you but you were, and, and I know you're very humble, and you wouldn't say it. But uh, <laughs> James Ward Prowse uh, banged one in, um, central in the uh, central free kick right in the middle of the goals, um, pretty reminiscent for me of Beckham versus versus Greece. Uh, Greece was yeah. was his first goal, um, you know, it's a it's a skill, um, I do. 
understand there are people uh, I've seen on social media that have said, if you give me a ball 20 yards off from goals and, and get people to stand 10 yards off me, I'll ping one or two in the top of the net. And I understand that that is quite a possibility, uh, but mm. it's it's difficult. It's difficult when there's a wall when there's a wall there. And I think the first one more so even than the second one. The second one looked better the way it, way it hit the net and the, and, the, and the level it went in at, but there was a little element of not jumping in the wall there that, that kind of pissed me off a small yeah. bit. But the first second one was, one was quite special, you know, and. It, it, we go back to the studying element of it and looking for, for the weak link. There's no doubt that Ward Prowse would have looked, and I'm not saying this happened in the past, but he would have been looking. And if there was somebody that wasn't jumping in the wall previously, he'd be pinging the ball over their head. And if, if that was the case, you know, there, there is that element of it. And I, I've seen, you know, on, on coaching courses that I've been on, I've seen people talk about this, mm. you know, that, the you know, the professionals would look at... I'm not saying Tyrone Mings didn't jump in, in a free kick situation earlier in the season, but maybe he has picked that out or maybe he just got lucky. Um, but you just can't. Whatever about the first free kick was clumsy, probably should have been a yellow card. The the, the Maddie Cash one is inexcusable. When, when you've seen what he's just done from a similar yeah. position, to just put your hand up, bearing in mind that Walcott, he's not going to take it on the body, so he will have to control it, take it down probably take it another yard to get it out from under his feet. So there's time to recover. So I thought that was particularly poor decision-making from Matty Cash. But then again, he had left Walcott quite isolated as well. So maybe he saw that as his uh, way of uh, rectifying the situation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I used to have a tactic as well, Paddy. No, I certainly wasn't as good in free kicks as you claim to be. But... Um, <laughs> I, I never claimed to be good. <laughs> I used to date. <laughs> I did, I wasn't even a free kick taker. I just went, to th- <laughs> but I, I if I was, I would have probably adopted the um. I would have adopted the policy of aim for the prettiest fella in the wall. So try and find the pretty boy. Aim for his head, and you know he's gonna duck. That's what I do there. Yeah, that's my uh, my agricultural style of uh, of football. <laughs> Um, I don't think I ever scored a free kick. Then again, I don't think I ever took to any of them. Um, but uh, yeah, that that would be my tactic: is aim for the pretty boy in the in, in the in the lineup. Um, but no, look, the, I suppose we get, get being serious about it. Um, I I put up on Twitter that the la- of the last seven goals we've conceded, five of them have been unbelievable strikes. Now you can talk about the defending all you want, but where the ball has gone, Amy Martin has had zero chance for either of those two free kicks. He had zero chance for the last two of Bamford's goals and Ings' goal. He had no chance whatsoever for Ings' goal. Um, talk about people maybe standing off, but there's a lot of work those strikers had to do. Um, it's frustrating. It's a ball breaker. Like Barr, Watkins' goal... Uh, against Liverpool, we don't tend to score those belters, you know, those absolute ones that mm. just career into the top corner. Those five goals, like those two free kicks, I can guarantee you one of those two free kicks, probably the second one will end up in goal of the month, um, match of the day. I can guarantee you one of Bamford's goals will end up in goal of the month, match of the day, and you could see Danny second Ings one, yeah. in there. You know, you could see yeah. Danny Ings in there as well. Like, they were top class goals. question, they're worldies, yeah. But it's 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 frustrating, and I can I can understand. Mm. I I am frustrated. I suppose and the thing I'm is, trying... we we I've no doubt that we have that in our locker. McGinn can do it. Louise can do it. Grealish can do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. We don't seem to be taking on those shots that we have done previously. I know we spoke in the past about Connor being in the pocket, similar to the, the playoff mm. goal against West Brom. That kind of ball that we look for. Now, maybe, you know, you know, we're dealing with a different league now at this stage, but it's obviously not in our tactics. Like Douglas Louise had a shot um, yesterday. I, I don't think I've seen him do that all season or after lockdown. Um, and he has got it in his locker. He has scored super goals like that before. Um, but yeah, you could even go as far as, you know, Bamford's first goal, Martin is a no hope either. <laughs> so he, he, he hasn't been at fault for any of the goals, any of the seven goals that he's let in in he the last two games. Say, it's mad, isn't it mad the way the, the, the semantics of words? Martinez didn't make a save against Southampton. Like that's that that's what would be said. Martinez didn't make a save. Martinez couldn't make a save against Southampton. Yeah. Like they were that good, and there is a difference. Um, uh, look, I, I, I as I say, I don't want people to get the wrong end of the stick. It's a pisser to be four 0 down, and it's not nice. But I suppose in the cold, oh, ha- cold light of day, yeah. and yeah, and and both those games were at home as well. So like in the cold light of day, we've we've dropped six points at home against two teams that performed very well against us for 45 minutes. Leeds performed excellent for 45 minutes. Sonic performed excellent for 45 minutes. And we're going to get on to the second 45 minutes of this game um, where Aston Villa roared back, where the line awaked and, and, and Aston Villa roared back. And I think this was down, for me anyway, this was down in no small part to to, um, to Ross Barkley uh, becoming a small bit more involved in the game. Poor first half. Poor second half against Leeds. Poor first half. Still wasn't great in the second half. He looked a small bit laboured, but got a small bit more involved. Came back further a small bit more. Um, it was interesting to see the the, the heat maps of, of Ross Barkley and, and where he was. And I think this is, this is where Aston Villa become a victim of um, playing at home. And they had to take the take the game to to Southampton. When they had the ball, they had to take the game to Southampton. And the same thing with Leeds. That Ross Barkley was very far forward. If if you look at where where the average position of Ross Barkley was and the average position of Wally Watkins were, they were literally standing on each other's toes an awful lot of the game. Um, mm. not at the same time. But if you look at you know where where the heat maps come out, that's exactly where they come from. And, and actually, you know, I don't know. I like that in a certain way, and I like that against Leicester because it means that we pushed back a defensive midfielder. Now, I've got this irrational dislike for Ariel Romeo, and I don't know why, because he's not a dislikable player. I have no idea. When I see his face, I go, ah, how the fuck is he getting paid to play soccer? I think that might be it. I don't know what it is. He's not a bad guy. I've no real reason to hate him. I just, I don't know why. Um but like I have he's... an illogical dislike to Southampton as a whole. I think it comes back to a, a trip to the Dell many, many years ago. It's a horrible, horrible place to go and watch a game of football. But um, yeah, I, I can sympathise with that. <laughs> but it might have something got to do with my uh, dislike for Shane Long as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that 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 could be something to do with it. But when Barkley moves for, was moving forward against Liverpool, he was there, he was told, stand on Fabinho's toes and 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 basically make him, uh, not allow him to be the out ball and not allow him to drift back into making a three. It's the exact same with, with uh, uh, Nampolis Mendy uh, against, uh, against Leicester. And that works. But when there isn't that defensive midfielder and he's told, get up front, be close to the striker, 
I don't think he works in that. And I don't think it because it didn't work against Leeds. When Leeds took off took off strike, they brought on Shackleton. Shackleton just bombed forward and he didn't hold that position. Whereas Ross Barkley stayed there. And we spoke about that the last day. And yeah. um certainly Southampton didn't have that 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 type of player that sat and that, that hung in front of, of the back back two. Um so I think the I, I, I think the overall the difference was that Ross Barkley was withdrawn a small bit more in midfield, gave a small bit more structure, brought brought John McGinn back into the game as well because McGinn was poor in the first half and and it gave our defense a small bit more structure. Uh, obviously the first goal was um I think it was a long time coming. We had peppered their goals. I, I Gay came on and, and and that's what we didn't mention in the first half. Trezeguet came on and uh, and we look to have a small a bit more uh, structure to us as well. Not that Troy did anything incorrectly, but when no, we were on the back foot for the whole time he was on the pitch, really, you know. Absolutely. And, and then he yeah. got unfortunately injured and, and, and non contact injury. And you know, uh, I don't think we'll see him until after the international break, maybe well after the international break. If it's mm-hmm. if he pops something and he's growing, they can be nasty ones, especially when you're a, a speed based player like he is. But Trezeguet came on after the small bit of stability, uh, even though it wasn't down that wing that we were getting attacked uh, attacked all night. It was the the opposite opposite wing. But the first goal, um, Jack Reedish did some really good work down the left hand side, and just a lovely little. It was just a dinked pass, dinked cross. I don't even think there was much in it, and Tyrone Mings just got enough on it and guided it into the uh, into the back of the net. Um, I don't think Southampton expected that to go in i don't think the goalkeeper even expected the cross to come in the way it did because he didn't yeah. didn't make much we, we actually made it. a mess of the short corner just yeah and that's how it came about <laughs> so i think everybody was just caught a bit unawares that jack suddenly found himself in a bit of space to get the ball across um, uh, because a good header yeah because uh mccarthy was blocking marbles before that <laughs> he was he was blocking stuff from trezeguet trezeguet could have had a hat trick and not not they weren't his fault that he didn't have a hat trick. His diving header was beauty. Yeah. I just like there's something about diving headers. I fucking love them. Even if they don't go in. I fucking <laughs> love them. Kevin Ball, so he was playing with Sunderland. The year Sunderland finished high up in the league. He got a beautiful diving header. He was horizontal for about 10 yards as he dived. It was yeah. deadly. I just love diving headers. And if if, if that had gone in, I would have been getting Trez again in the back of my short anyway. That's that's a fact. <laughs> I just love him. But yeah. uh, and he, he's come on leaps and bounds, you know. We, yeah, we, I'll say it again. We've had a pop of him in the past for his work rate and bravery and a number of things. But he's he's been he's been really good this season and probably a bit unlucky to see himself not starting, but um, certainly put himself about when he did when he did get in there, and um, obviously took him a bit to get into coming in cold and somebody going off injured like that without a proper warm up. So. Took him a while to get into it, but once he got into it, you know, you can't you can't fault him for everything he's done all season. Yeah, he's been he's been brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, and he's going to have an extended run in the league and in the team now again. As I say, this is the first game he's dropped for. I think he'll have an extended run again because uh, just seeing an injury like that mm. to Troy, we've heard nothing on it as of yet. Um, I'd say we could expect him out for a couple. He probably, of weeks. Yeah, he probably would have had a scan today. I would imagine. Yeah, depending on. There's any inflammation around it or whatever. So that's it. The second goal. The next couple of days. Second goal. Talk to me penalty. about that. Yeah. Talk to me about the penalty. Um, 
I'm drawing a blank again. I can't remember how. I know it was Jack went down, um, and yeah, it was clumsy, a penalty. Clumsy high foot. Clumsy, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the build up to it though. Was it? It was an innocuous enough build up, if I remember rightly. Like we weren't exactly breaking at pace and the counter. It was a case of just he kind of just kind of stumbled. He found his way in the box and ended up going down. Am mm. I right? Yeah, well, it kind of happened on the corner of the six-yard box, didn't it? It was a couple of yards from the six-yard box. I can't remember the build-up of it now. We should really do these straight after the game or, <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it was just a, it was just a clumsy challenge. It was it was a penalty. There was no doubt about that. But um, the can't. The life of me, I can't remember what the build up was. I've no, I've no, I might have just checked out at that stage for a while, but I remember they, I remember thinking, um, because I had uh messaged a, a, ben, a Brentford podcast and I've been talking to him, and I've been asking bits and pieces about Ollie Watkins. And I said, uh, we've been speaking about penalties, and they said, you never want Ollie Watkins taking a penalty, he misses all of them. Um, well, maybe not as bad as that. They said he misses a lot of penalties and you don't want him taking penalties. I remember him specifically saying, saying that. But Jesus, he dispatched it pretty well. There was a conversation between himself and Jack and obviously the captain stood away and, and, and Watkins, I don't know whether it was a case of him telling Watkins to take the penalty or whether Watkins called, called yeah. rank. And I think it was a nice decision. Well, obviously any, any, any time the penalty goes in, it was a good decision because Watkins needs, needs a bit of bit of confidence boost he needs needs a couple of goals because yeah you know he's a lot of work done and and, and maybe not getting applauded for it so could that have been a, a genius been move from jack considering this yeah, i've been criticizing all weekend the camera work with um in in all of the sorry just watch the back there um there was a break in along the end line came back off the keeper and that's how jack found himself in that position oh yes came back off the keeper or defender and that's how yeah. jack ended up in the position um the camera work had been pretty poor the last couple of weeks. I don't know whether it's just too much going on in the game, but they just it's like as if they don't know where to put the camera. But I think they, I think they put the camera on Dean Smith when when Jack picked up the ball, and I was like, "Let's see what's happening here." We really wanted to see, you know. Um, and I was listening to the eighteen seventy four today to to see would he cast any light on it being at the game, and uh, didn't really, but. You know, I made my own assumption that Jack went over and said to Ollie Watkins, do you want it? And he said, yeah, and I'll take it. And that's probably how it came about. And, and he dispatched it well. It didn't, it didn't look, he didn't look like he was short of confidence taking it no. either. I'd love to know, was it a decision that Matt Jack made to as a kind of a, listen, our strikers need to be scoring. We're in a losing effort here, but if you can put if you can put this one away and build on a goal, build on goals, yeah. you know, the strikers don't care. You'd like to think that's what a captain would do anyway. Ah, I, I, I'm, I'm only after mm. just kind of thinking and rationalizing that that out there and now. Um, yeah. I suppose whenever you see two players talking about a penalty, you always immediately go to order arguing over the penalty because it's the <laughs> drama. It's the fucking yeah. drama and everybody loves <laughs> the drama. But essentially it could have just been good old fashioned um, sports psychology from Jack and saying, listen, hi, you're going to be our main man. We're going to need 20 goals out of you. How's about you get one of them here and I'll get a cheap one now and build on it. And if it is, boy, God, I fucking love him for, because uh, to have such a great player. And if he is thinking that way from a captain's standpoint, that's, that's like cricket captain stuff, you know, trying to call it, call stuff and get players in position to, to, to do good stuff. Yeah. That's, that's, that'd be fantastic. But look, we'll never know, I suppose, unless 
unless somebody asked them, I suppose we'll never know. And um, but that brought mm. us back to to four two. Yeah, and then, and then the third goal, which I we've mentioned worldies today about other goals. But yeah, the finish for this, this goal, goal was. I think this goal is really underrated. Oh, um, what a finish! The minute it went in, my mind went back to because I was actually behind the goal the day Benito Carbone did it against Leeds in the FA Cup. 2000, the run to the 2000 final, he scored a goal like that um, when we beat Leeds. And he did, yes. We t- we're talking about it over the last 20 years, and that uh, Jack's goal was just as good. That it was, you know, com- completely caught the keeper unaware, going near post. He tried it against Liverpool, and Ad- and Adrian saved it. I think. Yeah. Uh, he was now he was a lot closer, and he was one on one. But he went near post. Obviously, the right footer is shaping up to, to shoot. You're going to try and arc it around into the far post. Mm. But he did try Instead it if memory serves me right. Yeah. yeah but Jesus, what a finish. I thought, it, I initially, first of all, I thought it was a deflection. And then as I saw the replay back, I went, oh, what a finish. Criminally under, yeah, very underrated goal. We're talking about worldies. That yeah. was as good if, a finish. If that had been an equaliser, we'd be oh. talking about it for as goal of the season for us. Oh, yeah, um, we, it, it was it was a special strike, but it, it won't be remembered because of everything else that went about. If it was an equaliser, we'd still be peeling Jack, I think, off the top of the, the north stand, I think, uh, <laughs> if that was the case, because, uh, you know, um, and, and Villa were coming back into it very much. So we were we were coming back. And I think, look, I, th- I think I don't know how much sports psychology plays into it with uh, with with football teams, but uh I think that they'd be clever enough to know that, that, listen, look, we've played ourselves out of our funk. And look, I know we don't have any points to, to show for it on the board, but the, the squad must be kind of intelligent enough now to look at that and go, listen, we've, we got back to basics. We played ourselves yeah. out of our, out of our, our, our fucking funk. If, uh, if anything, we now know that we can't, we have to be as disciplined in our formation. Our system only works if we stay disciplined and, uh, I suppose big big thing there for me is communication. I was on the Villa View with um, with Ian Taylor was there, and I put it to him about about midfielders and 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 he was the first one. Like obviously being a legendary midfielder for Aston Villa, he he said that you know that a defense can look very bad very quickly if the midfielders don't do their job. And while he didn't uh, say that the midfielders for Villa were poor yesterday, I think he alluded to the fact that the system relies on coherence a coherent structure in front of the back to, of the back four because of the fact that target likes to get up there. I'm still not a fan of fullbacks going right to the end line. I'm still not a fan of it in this day and age. I think it was all right for the Gary Neville's of this world to be able to do that if they wanted to, but I'm still not a huge fan of it. Um, mm. It just leaves, leaves a like if you, if you go across the ball and it deflects off the player and it comes back in, it stays in play. You have a lot of ground to get back. And nine times out of 10, when you see someone try and cross the ball like that, they fall over and they end up in the advertisement hoardings as well. So I'm just not a huge fan of it. And we didn't see an awful lot of that today, but uh, it was interesting when, when Ian Taylor said that it, it, it it's, it's crucially important for this, for this Dean Smith uh, system um, to to have the, that that midfield set in front of him, and hopefully we learn from that because we're going to. Uh, hopefully we learn from that when we're when we're drawn out to play against teams that we don't forget about that and get and, and get too fluid in our movement in midfield. Keep our our defensive structure and uh, and go forward from there because mm. uh, it, it it is it is going to be quite important, especially I think in the next game, Arsenal come into town. Uh, Absolutely, much improved I think- Arsenal team. 
for me, the the overriding thing in my mind is we lost 3-0 against Leeds. We were poor. Yeah. We offered absolutely nothing in the comeback. Yet we were able to do it yesterday. So we know we're capable of doing it. Um, albeit Leeds, a completely different animal to um, Southampton, completely yeah. different um, game plan. Um, but we can do it. There should be belief in us now. That's why I'm glad it didn't finish 4-0, like what some idiots were saying. Um, I wouldn't have felt better with 4-0. I would would have been particularly pissed off because that's two games in a row that we haven't made the the fight back. We made the fight back yesterday. I I do believe, as I said earlier, another couple of minutes in that game, we might have got an equaliser because that's the way it was looking. So Hampton looked very, very tired at that stage. They were completely off the pace. And every time we went forward, we looked like we could score. And it's what we hadn't done throughout the game. So, look, I think we, we, we should draw a line under it. I think it was a good comeback. Unfortunately, that fourth goal went in because that killed us. Yeah. We could we could be we could be looking like I know I, I shared with you at half time that I backed us to to draw or win. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I, I truly believed that that was on because I I, I said to myself, okay astronomical odds here but surely after what happened last week there's, there's going to be a different mindset coming out three goals down a half time and there was in fairness to them so you know small pat in the back for that you know we can't can't uh, we can't be too down beat about no. it no. Um, beaten beaten by the better um, I won't say beaten by the better team but um, you know the stats will tell you we had more of the ball um, or a pass rate was good just more shots and targets, more shots in total. You know, it's look, we're beaten by the better goals scored. It's 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 yeah. that simple. They were they were they were very good goals. However, they came about is another thing. Uh when you when you have four shots in target and you score all four of them, you know, that's efficiency. Uh, and some teams have that, and Southampton have had that since the restart. So, like this was never going to be one of those cakewalks. They've scored goals since the restart as well, and uh, they're a bit of a bogey team for us. You know, so um, in in a roundabout way, I I I I really like Danny Ings, and I was I'm delighted here today that he doesn't have any structural damage to his knee, and it looks like it's 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 just um, it's just a twist, which is which is f- good for me. I I like the cut of his jib. He's a no nonsense guy, from what I know yeah. of him anyway. And I thought I thought what he was trying worker. to pull off was absolutely ridiculous, though. You <laughs> know, you're asking for trouble if you're dancing around the ball with three people around you. Yeah. And all it took was a little shove. There was nothing malicious in it. No. It was just like a little shove to say, stop taking the piss. And he ends up hurt lying yeah, on the ground. So it's it's one of those things, as you said, I'm glad he's not, I'm glad he's not injured because he is a decent stand-up guy, you know, probably a bit, bit unfortunate with Liverpool. But uh, I like him. He's a nice guy. Mm. Um, I met him when we played Burnley a few years ago. And uh, he... Great time for the kids and a really nice guy chatting to the parents and whatever. But um, I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's not too injured because that's that's not what you want to happen no. unless it's Robbie Savage. No. So <laughs> we'll draw a line under well, that one too. Uh, he, you know, he's he's director of football now or corn or something. Macclesfield Town isn't it? is it Macclesfield or Mansfield? I don't know whichever one. Ah, he's back in football anyway. It's something. Um, Jeepers. I'm sure. You I'm mean sure you're giving me a new team to hate now? Or I'm, I'm sure that would stroke <laughs> his ego for a while. Enough. Anyway, he'll be fine. Um, 
Listen, we're going to leave it there, guys. I suppose uh, it's a bit of a not quite yet. Oh, sorry. Because you, oh, no. you've got to pick a Laker man of the match because I'm not picking it this week. <laughs> I do have to pick a Laker man of the match, don't I? Yeah, 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 I do. Um, I'm not going to give it to a Southampton player. I am going to um, I'm going to take a long, hard think about this one. But I think overall, uh, the, the, the second half fight back was very much so orchestrated by, um, and, and this is, you know, this is this doesn't take much uh, imagination to guess who, who I'm going to pick here. The second half fight back was very much orchestrated by our captain. Um, I've talked myself up as I mentioned to you, as I mentioned to you guys there that Jack Reed just clips in that ball. It was a wonderful cross for Tyrone Mings, Tyrone Mings header. Um, Southampton definitely weren't expecting it. I don't even know. I think Mings just jumped in and, and glanced it. Uh, it definitely wasn't a training run move or anything like that. So that was a fantastic cross. He did really well to get onto the ball for the for the penalty. And if, as I say, that he played the captain's role and gave the ball to to Ollie Watkins to score the penalty, that that for me is massive kudos for him if that's what he's thinking was and then that finish we just spoke about it it's a fucking worldy like mm. it's it's an unbelievable finish there's very few players can do that you know jack Grealish is our laker sports man of the match um obviously probably was was james ward prowse but i'm not i'm going to give it to jack Grealish for that fantastic second half that he had for for aston villa and that uh that that he did actually, I think, drag Villa back into it. And like you say, there was another five, ten minutes left in the game and you have Southampton on, on their back feet and Bednarek was after taking a, a heavy head to the ground and, and stuff like that. Who knows what could have happened? But look, say la vie, we were beaten 4-3. But Jack Reedish is the Laker Sports man of the match. Good choice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think the right choice as well. I think the right choice. <laughs> uh, Thanks for reminding me, Paddy. <laughs> um, yeah, Just keep you checked there, Neil. Yeah, keep me checked out. I think I think the sticky. I I need to get a sticky note here on the computer uh, for that one. But uh, thanks very much, as I say, Paddy, for popping on. Thanks everybody for listening. Look, it's uh, it's one of those games. We're we're we've two losses in the in the in the column now. Hopefully, we rectify that. Uh, for me, we're back to the let's not lose. Um, Kind of mentality, I think, against Arsenal. I think you can frustrate Arsenal. You look, you know, playing against an Arteta's Arsenal, they like the counter attack as well. We can keep it quite, we can keep it it tight. We got the win against Arsenal last year that more or less kept us up, lest we forget or let us not forget. And, uh, you know, hopefully we come up with something similar uh, this week, Sunday at quarter past seven. Quarter past seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. quarter past seven this Sunday, yeah. Which is great because uh, it's the Cleveland Browns have a bye week this week, so I won't have to cross my eyes and watch two games with one eye and one game, one eye and the other. I can sit down and relax against Villa and, Villa and Arsenal. Um, yeah, we'll be back to you guys with a preview game, preview of that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks, everybody, who bought one of the Aston Villa uh, Irish Lions um, Supporters Club uh, shirts. Uh, as well, there was a there was a lovely donation made by the by the Irish Lions uh, and Paddy. I know that you're you're uh, you were part of that. Uh, Eleven hundred and fifty euros went to Alzheimer's uh, Ireland and, and Philip and Paddy and and Aileen and 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 all the guys there. As I said, there's there's so many guys there, and I'll be frank. Yes, I, I I miss out on, on, on naming any of the any of the people involved in it. Um, big you know, big shout out to our graphic designer James who uh, yes helped design the shirt. So. 
it, it was it was an absolute banger of a short and I, I firmly believe that that's the, one of the main reasons it's all so well yeah. and a really good charity I'm delighted to be able to um, hand over that check eventually when it becomes safe to do so but the, yeah. the money is already transferred over but we'll uh, get a big check drawn up and get a nice picture for, uh, for the pageantry for the program yeah. <laughs> and, and am I right in saying Paddy that it was the it was the best selling short that the Irish Lions have ever brought out it was yeah Absolutely amazing, um, amazing. Just, and, and just on the last day, overtook our uh, our green Paul McGrath short. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure Paul McGrath won't mind with the good cause that it went to. But it's it like what what a what a thing to be able to say in in look. Let's let's take the filter off. We're in shitty times at the moment, you know. And uh, people love Aston Villa. People love live sport. Live sport is keeping me going. I don't know what, what about anyone else. Like I Absolutely. sat in the couch. I sat in the couch. For, <laughs> well, it's keeping me going, but it's probably raising my cholesterol and lowering my my life expectancy. <laughs> but I'm okay with that. Uh, I sat in the couch from twelve until about ten o'clock uh, on Saturday, and I pretty much did the exact same then on Sunday same as well. Sunday. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was lashing rain here, so I had nothing else to do. But look, as I say, live sport, supporting live teams, keeping people very much sane in these times, and and uh, you know. I, I'm sure I echo all the sentiments of, of everybody in the, the in, in the Irish line. So I say thanks very much, everybody, for the essentially the donations that you made to Alzheimer's Society of, of Ireland and such such a worthy cause for such a um, you know disease I ho- that hopefully we can conquer in my lifetime, um, along with a lot of other diseases. But it's it's one of the most painful ones to see somebody deteriorate in that way, and, and it's just fantastic for you know to to, to be able to help out. Um, so yeah, thanks very much to everybody. Uh, you can catch Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can catch the podcast on at Love McGrath Pod. Uh, once again, if you know somebody who hasn't listened to the podcast, I'd be delighted if you could give us a hearty recommendation. Um, if there's anybody out there that hasn't given us a five stars and a written recommendation on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, we'd dearly appreciate it. It helps. Uh, it just helps basically get us out there and get us known. And uh, yeah, as I say, it's it's only a small thing, costs nothing to do it, and we really appreciate it if you guys could do that if you haven't done so already. Um, back again during the week with an Arsenal preview, and until then, all that's left to say is up to Villa. The Villa. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.